how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. To infinity and beyond! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? It's classified. You talking to me? I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I can't lie! Expecto Patronum! Entertainment X. You never know what you're going to get. For this episode, I sit down and chat with Diana DeGarmo, and we cover everything from her youth to present day. She has a wonderful sense of self, and she shares some of the stories in her life when those were when that was challenged and how she came back to her true self. And it uh, is culminated in her latest album, Gemini, which I suggest you check out right away. So... I hope you enjoy this episode and keep on keeping on. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me is Diana DeGarmo. Hi. Diana, thank you for trekking through this weather. Hey, this is not too bad. It's nice and folly. I like it. It is very folly. Yeah. I was uh, looking, you know, just doing like the research and whatnot on the web before we chatted, and I saw uh, this quote that I think is incredible. I mean, it sums you up. Uh, Don't let her sweetness fool you. She is power packed with a lot of spice. (laughs) And I say that because when I saw the Gemini album release at Sony Hall, must have been like a month ago now, two months ago. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. There was a lot of sugar spice and everything nice. And it had a really, uh, I don't know, I just felt like baking. You know, it had like this kind of like, there's just so many, it was like, I say baking because it had so many, you have so many flavors that you mix when you're performing and communicating with the audience. And I'm, I'm excited to unpack that. Thank you. Thank you. I like to be an entire spice rack. Yes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Everything. A to Z. Um, okay. Music dreams growing up. How did this begin for you? My mother would have said that I came out of the womb singing. Uh, and, and that's just my first memories were just, that was my natural instinct was to go out and to sing for people. Yeah. I, have vivid memories of performing for my grandparents and going, okay, you sit here and you sit there and I'm going to sing. And there's actually a home video somewhere where um, my mom says at the end, I bow and nobody clapped. And I kind of peeked my head up and I went, okay, you can clap now. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, I've always, it's just always what I've wanted to do is as far back as I can remember. Um, I I fell in love with music and entertaining. I didn't really know what it was. And I don't think my parents really knew Mm. what it was or what it would would be. They just, they were great about, uh, especially my mom, just trying to help, I think really uh, cult, not really cultivate it, but more just like, here, let somebody else deal with this. Uh, Let's put her on a stage over here. And so early on, I just started doing the kids talent shows and like Mm. local community theater. And it just, it kind of snowballed. Was this a music household? Was there music playing? Um, I love for music, but no okay. singers, no musicians uh, directly. My, my, I have an uncle who's in the industry, um, kind of farther away. And then my mother always said that my, my grandmother sang, and, and like she and her brothers and sisters would sing like washing dishes. But other than yeah. that, no. Were there particular artists that inspired you as a kid? Patsy Cline was the very yeah. first one. I came across her greatest hits tape, and I learned it backwards and forwards. And mm. my mom had a fancy tape player where you could skip songs, and I would get very upset if she skipped one. I'd be like, no, 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 you missed it. You got to go back. You got to go back. So yeah, that those are the first musical memories. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Was So were these, and I know there was a bunch of different like leading leading up. Of course, we're going to talk about Idol. But leading up to it, you know, talent competitions are putting you in, you know, particularly talent competitions, not just just not just shows yes yes I did a lot of that um pageants were a big thing especially growing up in the south um <laughs> and uh yeah, somebody literally came up to my mom and I when we were at a mall I was about five and um I was probably singing or dancing or you know drawing attention to myself like I tended to normally do <laughs> and uh the woman said you know she would be great in modeling or acting but you know does she have any experience in front of cameras or people like that and my mom was like no she goes well you should maybe put her in some local pageants and see how she does and and um oh, cool. it literally it was just kind of my mom okay and so we did like my little county pageant we made some friends and they said well you should come do this one they and have what are you, talent like 12, oh no i'm like six six like five or six and who was yeah. this was this woman like a judge or she, was she just... ended up she owned uh she's i think she might still actually own an agency in atlanta a talent Fun. a kid's talent agency in Atlanta and ended up I signed with her yeah. so it all but it all happened at the same time which is wild thinking back on it um, I started doing pageants which 
then I started doing the singing competitions in there and then yeah. doing modeling, lots of random things for all sorts of Zatarin's red beans and rice and bowling alleys. I mean, I had an AMC, uh, what is it? The a- AMC? Not, oh, it's a movie theater. Anyway, a bowling sure. alley ad that ran until I was 15. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it either. But and, I know, and, but I, I, you know, know I remember yeah. my mother still, she was like, you got another residual check until I was about 15. And it ran for over 10 years. So it just kind of all happened. And then the singing really, I think, started to to take precedence because it tended to be where I just shined, I think, the most and Mm. what I was naturally drawn to. So I started doing more singing competitions and things like that on like the local scale. And then it became, oh, hey, can you come sing for this thing? Can you come sing for this? I did. I sang at fashion shows for like when people have like bridal events. I would get up and sing country songs. (laughs) And and while the models walked around, um, I sang the national anthem at probably every sporting event locally in the greater greater Snellville area exactly Uh, and uh, I took my first technically my first professional job when I was in the third grade for the Atlanta Olympics when they came to Atlanta in 1996 Coca-Cola built a theme park which is where now the Georgia Aquarium is but they built an aquarium and I mean excuse me a theme park and next thing you know I'm a part of a singing troupe and like I, we could talk for years just about my childhood. Just about that. <laughs> what were the? What were you? What were you? Who were you watching? How were you getting better? What, like how were you getting better with your stage presence and your just general technique? I I think I've always been a sponge, and I've been lucky that over the years um, I've come across different people throughout my life that have inspired me in different ways, um, different teachers of sorts. Uh, sure. I worked with a woman. Uh, named Robin for a long time out of Atlanta and she was like a, a vocal coach to Monica and Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey yeah. I worked with this man named Bill Newberry who I met when I did my first audition for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor <laughs> Dreamcoat when they needed a kids choir uh, he I, he and I have worked on but he was like my more my musical theater mentor mm-hmm. and so I, I still work with him to this day he still lives in my hometown um, another man named Bill Monroe was, an, was a local singer um, and vocal coach in Atlanta that I got a couple lessons in with him and, and, you know, it, it was just kind of intermittent. Uh, Jan Smith Studios, who is a, an artist coach, she works with, uh, you know, Rob Thomas, Justin Bieber, yeah. um, all these really big major pop artists. So it was kind of all these different genres that I got to soak up and kind of have, I think, have made me kind of the chameleon yeah. Yeah. Was it, it was, it was more than just vocal technique though, right? We're talking like how to hold a microphone or how to communicate with an audience or, you know, any I, of that. I think a lot of that just kind of that happened. <laughs> yeah. It just happens. Okay. Um, Cause I, I don't have any memories of anyone telling me specifically what to yeah. do. Um, I do remember my mom a couple times being like, okay, you can't just stand on stage and just like stare into space. And I, I do remember her specifically saying that one point I was like, Oh Yeah. That makes sense. People don't want to see someone just staring into space. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just, I've always been a natural hand bone. I, as a kid, never met a stranger. And uh, I have very vivid memories of sitting in Atlanta traffic and rolling down the window and asking the car, do you want to hear a song? And before they could even say yes or no, just starting to belt out Patsy Cline to them. Crazy. You know, just <laughs> at the top of my lungs. It's like, what? This child is insane. <laughs> so my mother just tried to filter it, yeah. I guess, a little bit or funnel it towards yeah. a, a, a source. That's, <laughs> so, that's so cool. But it's so crazy, too, because in a matter of 10 years, you know, six, right, was the first one by yeah. 16. Yeah. They were like, you know, the 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 national <laughs> vocal competition. Yeah, nobody, that, nobody knew what Idol would be. Yeah, no. I, we I just saw these posters and uh, I saw this girl singing and I was like, wow, that's what I need. Yeah. And by that point, I had been doing a lot in the Atlanta area with the Grammy Association. I just wanted to learn because my mom said, well, if you want to do this, let's do it. So yeah. started going to all the Grammy um, conventions and doing all sorts of things. I sang, I danced, I went to open mic nights anywhere that had a microphone. I was like, let's do it. And this is a decision you made before even seeing an American Idol audition? Yes. So this is like, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it was all just a part of it. And it was like um, you were ready. I was, but I didn't quite re- know what for. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but then I don't think any of us were ever truly ready for American Idol. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of, by that point, we had kind of, I think, reached 
where we could reach the ceiling of what Atlanta was offering. And uh, my vocal coach at the time, Jan Smith, mm. uh, and a couple other Atlanta people we knew were kind of like, you know, she needs to like go to the next thing. Like, but what does she want to do? And and uh, and I begged my mom to let me audition for the show. And I remember mm. her saying, no, this is a horrible idea. Why do you want to go on a television show? And And I had done one a year prior that was a weird kind of... It was a national show, but it was still on a much smaller scale. And yeah. I was like, I learned so much. This time I can do it. And uh-huh. it's going to be off the air next year. I have to do it now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, it, it's an interesting, I think they, I mean, they've done, you guys would know this. They've done a wonderful job because it can be cheap, you know, on television. Oh, Competition yeah. can be cheap. And that, you know, is not. No, it's Idol a, had had all the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, but even like the prestige of it. It wasn't like some, you know, it wasn't, not that the price is right is cheap, but it's got a very, you know, it's very serious. Yes, a very high TV production show. level. Yes. And so what are you, just standout lessons, I guess, maybe from like the first auditions or as you progressed, were there things you were learning, ways of being you were witnessing of people around you? I remember watching a lot of showboaters, for instance, especially waiting in line. Everyone wanted their five seconds of fame. Yeah. And I get that. And I I knew that's not what I wanted. I And I've, I've said this actually throughout my entire career. I don't want to be a shooting star. I want to be a Milky Way. I want to be the galaxy. I want to have highlights of my career that span mm. 50, 60, 70 years. And I knew that for some reason, instinctively early on, because I remember even there was a young man in a Winnie the Pooh costume running around the idol auditions, singing to anyone who would ask, but he was taking a, their attention in the wrong way. Yeah. And, and I just thought, okay, I'll just, I'll show what I can do when I get up there. Uh-huh. And I just waited my turn and I waited my turn and burned in the Hawaiian sun where we auditioned and uh, got up there and sang my little part, you know, the ballsy 16 year old white girl singing. And I'm telling you, <laughs> because they said this is a pop show, not a country show. And so I had to like learn some pop crossover hits. And I was like, this song will do it. <laughs> okay. It did it. <laughs> it did it. Yeah. She stopped me and she goes, the, the woman at the table said, stop. And she motioned over a camera crew and they came over and she goes, okay, do it again. And you only have about 30 seconds. Yeah, to, it's to, like booths, right? Or so, it's yeah, the, it's it's the cattle call is the yeah. first round. There's a, there are a bunch of tables under tents and they point one way yes and the other way is no. And yeah. you get up and they used to go, go. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so and I had seen several other people that were in line before me that huh. I thought were great singers huh. not make it past that. And I remember thinking, oh, well, Maybe this is the end of the road. And who knew? I mean, it was just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, what was the, I know because it's a very authentic, it was very authentic having the reactions are real, but there's also grooming that goes on, especially as it gets more into the televised final. What was, where was that balance or how much input did you start to receive? I know by the end it becomes very, you know, time coded. Oh, we have zero input the entire time as the singer. Um, You are completely documented and formed into a character and you don't even know it. Uh, Especially because this was the early days of reality TV. So people didn't, uh, we as humans didn't understand like that's what the TV show needs and what it wants to become a successful TV show. And Idol was really lucky the first few seasons, my season in particular, they just had natural lightning in a bottle. These mm. natural occurrences of people that were like characters. And then they slowly over the seasons, you start, they start to kind of produce more. But yeah. um, I didn't realize at the time I got produced into kind of, they were showing, okay, well, she's this pretty, pretty princess, Southern Belle. She does pageants. Yeah. She's, you know, rich white girl. And I was like, wow, that's not really <laughs> how it goes. But <laughs> you, we also weren't allowed to watch TV. We weren't allowed to watch oh. TV. We weren't allowed to be on computers. We weren't allowed to read magazines or newspapers. We were told it was to protect us from all of the things being said, which mm. in truth, that was the beginning of the decades of trolls and things like that. And yeah. they had had a couple people have really hard times with that early on in the yeah. first two seasons. And so, but you're in this bubble. So you have no idea what's going on outside of the world you're in until yeah. you come out of it. So it wasn't until I went home for my top three home visit, which by that point, I mean, it was almost, oh golly, eight months since my first audition. And I'd been in LA, I, when I went for the live, the first live show after making through Hollywood week and all that jazz, yeah. uh, the first live show started in February. I didn't leave for three months. So I had no idea how much 
we were plastered on the cover of every magazine, on every newspaper, all over the internet, everything. We had blown up into these stars, and I went home, and I was like, what has happened here? Oh, uh, um, I didn't quite think this through. I don't know what's going on. And it was, yeah. I mean, it was really overwhelming, and to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it was the start of a... A whole new chapter. What What did you do in your free time? Did you have free time in LA? What was your like? What was the so, downtime? There was very little downtime. We all lived in a house together, which I think that was actually the true reality show. Could have had cameras on that. <laughs> Thank goodness they didn't, because yeah. it was wild. Um, <laughs> you know, we, so we had four people under age, yeah. so we all had parents <clears throat> in a big house in the hills, and then you had what is it? We had eight males. No, I'm sorry, eight females and four males, I think was how it ended up being, and the sure. top 12, which the next season they ended up doing six and six for the mm. top 12 to kind of balance it out. We were the last kind of female-heavy group. Mm. And so um, there was one large room with all the ladies in there. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> and one bathroom oh, between no. all of us. Uh, my mom and I had a room. Uh, Leah LaBelle and her mom had a room. And John and his mom had to share, had a, had like a suite on the other side. And then Jasmine and her dad had another suite. So yeah. they could be close to one another, but obviously they didn't want to put them in the same room. So it was just, <laughs> that was wild. Uh, you never knew what your schedule would be. You just were told you have to be camera ready by this time. It was usually somewhere between 8 or 9 a.m. that you had to be ready. And they filmed everything. Yeah. Every time you walked out of the door, uh, strict curfews. So, you know, you had to be back by nine 30, but you didn't have a mode of transportation. This was pre Uber or Lyft or anything. Um, my mom ended up renting a car cause she was like, I'm losing my mind. I have to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so she would kind of do grocery runs, but Whoa. we, we had someone that cooked for us and things like that, but yeah. you, it was never on the same schedule. So you didn't know if lunch was going to be at 11 AM that day or if lunch was going to be at three that day. And it was, you didn't really have much control of anything, let alone how you were being portrayed, portrayed on, on TV. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I didn't know all this. Oh Lord. Okay. So then right after, you know, we get to the end, right? We do a runner up. You yeah. get to the very end. What was, what's the conversation there with family? I mean, you're riding the crest of that incredible journey. Was there like a, oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to ride this out. You know, what was the conversation to continue forward in a. Direction. Well, it was just my mom and I, and so she was just like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And so we had complete faith in the system that we were a part of, which was Fremantle 19 and whatever they had created through sure. Idol. Yeah. Little did we know that there wasn't really a system set up post-Idol. It's kind of like, I, I can the only analogy I can imagine would be like an NFL player. Mm. They get injured. Okay. Now what? Now what? Mm-hmm. There's nobody there to go, okay, let me be your financial advisor. Let me be your mentor. It just kind of happens to be whoever comes into your life. And um, I was with the big agents. I did the big record Mm. deal. I did all the things that I thought I was supposed to do. But it, it, I was just being told what to do. Uh, Did did, it feel right? Or did it feel right? No, it didn't feel right. And my my mom knew it. And we, so she kind of agreed that... uh, we would do what we were contracted to do and then we would be done as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky. um, My mom was a federal court reporter for several years. So before we get on the show, you have to agree to agree to your contract. So you don't know what contract you're going to get until you get off the show. And my mom had put in, had asked early on, she was like, well, what if somebody doesn't want to be with that company anymore? Like you Mm -hmm. have to give them a way to leave if things aren't going well. And thank goodness for her for wow. that. Uh, six months after the release of my first record, I was able to leave everything, which was scary uh, and relieving because we just realized we were on different pages and yeah. we wanted different things. And uh, they saw me as one kind of artist and I saw myself as a completely different artist and, um, and I needed a chance to step away. And it was so much happened so quickly. I was like, wait, we need to uh, recalibrate here. Yeah. What are we going to do with life because life is happening as well as career. Mm. Mm. I know it's, it's fascinating to like, just look at life in photos. And I know, you know, at 16, the way you're seeing yourself is very different than now, but there's, 
now more than ever, even like the branding of your name and Gemini, it's like it has become so you that Aww. it's undeniably anyone else but you. Well, thank you. And how, no, well, you're welcome. <laughs> but what is the, is that like a, is that a, a spiritual conversation you're having? And I don't mean to make it religious or anything like that, but is there, how are you finding center of self and keeping true to who you are? you know, through this journey and having the confidence to be like, that's not who I am, even if it turns down, you know, thousands of dollars. Well, um, who? Okay, so I've always had this envision of myself, like you, you said, you know who you are. Yeah. Um, Post-idol, right immediately after, I definitely had lost that. You know, there are so many things happening. It just all happens so quickly. And yeah. you, you can't even take in how many phone calls and how many people are not coming at you, but coming to you for this, that, and the other. And I was very lucky my mom was great about reminding me, go take out the trash, go clean your room. And there are times that I definitely resented her for that. I mean, being a teenager who didn't, yes. right? Especially uh, a teenager that's been on television. Oh, God, I was like, what? <laughs> and yeah. she was like, go take the trash out. Um, so I yeah. thank her yeah. so much for, for that because I know some of my contemporaries that came out or had careers that kind of spiked at the same time, names that I will not mention, are not where I am even now. Like, mm -hmm. they've, they've gone on, and unfortunately, mo many have had terrible adult lives. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think my hardships of leaving my record label, not knowing where my career was going to go, what was happening by 18... That's a lot. <laughs> Was, was, a, was a, you know, a blessing in, yeah. in disguise in a way. And that's actually how I came to the theater world mm. was I had lost what I wanted to do as a singer and as an artist in that realm. And I, I needed structure. I was a kid that needed structure again. And, um, I remember my mom was like, well, don't you want to write another record? Don't you? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to go into another recording studio ever again. I don't mm. want to go on tour with my own music. And that's what I had loved my entire life. And, and I had just switched agents and they had had some couple, uh, a couple phone calls about Broadway or different auditions and things like that yeah. immediately after Idol because, you know, kind of enterprising off of that. Uh, yes, and of course. those didn't pan out, which I think was a great like, thing. Thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you, God. laughs> and, um, and so this agent was like, well, why don't you just come up to New York and go in for some auditions and see, see what happens. Uh, maybe mm. learn some things. And cause I had done some audition, some theater as a kid, but on a very low community theater scale, I sure. had never obviously been the lead of a show in anything. Yeah. And she was like, uh, and, and this agent and a couple other Atlanta friends said, you know, that's just kind of what you, you're, you, you could learn a lot. You could, you could mm. do this. And I thought, Oh, okay. And that's literally how I stumbled into theater. Wow. <laughs> But it felt right. It did. Because you said yes. It did. It was um, my, I had a couple auditions that went horribly bad. I mean, horribly bad. Like we're talking like forgetting music or just plain old nervous? I think nervous because I had no idea what I was okay. doing. And yeah. you know, it was the first time being in a room in that situation where they're yeah. like, okay, well now do this. And you're like, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, your brain's exploding yeah. on the inside and just kind of, you know, backing out politely going, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Those work sessions. Yes. They're like, uh. <laughs> you're like, I don't even know what just happened, but I need right. to get out of here right, as right, soon right. as possible. And then the first <laughs> casting director that actually worked with me uh, her name is Gail C and uh, from Woodchick and C yeah. and she I, I mean I will I have to really thank her for the credit she's given me because she was the first casting director that was like hey let's have a conversation as humans huh. you can do this this and this I wouldn't do this this or that because yeah. no one had told me I had no idea and huh. and she was like you could do this but this is what you need to to do it, yeah. how to do it, um, not giving me the job. But then I ended yeah. up booking my first job with her. <laughs> so what one was that? That was, was West Side Story. It was West Side. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that yeah. was that was a, that was a shorter uh, stint. Yes, it was so a regional theater in, in San Jose yeah. for um, like two months. Yeah. But it was the moment I did that process. I was like, yes, this is this this is what I need to be doing. What you love about it. Um, I, I loved the structure, the um, attention to detail. Yeah. I appreciated everyone's work ethic. Yeah. Uh, there were no like, oh, can we do that a second time? Can we do that again? I mean, yes, nobody's perfect the first time. Of but course. they expect 
people brought their A game. They were professional, mm. um, lovely to work with. I made some lifelong friends in that production. And I was also, it was the production where my mother's family was from. So my family, my grandparents got to come to the show and, and things oh. like that. It was just a really neat magical experience to kind of go back to the the town that I grew up visiting my grandparents and like go there with the Broadway show they call it Broadway yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, Broadway yeah. show yeah. and perform it in front of my family that's incredible yeah it was really cool and that was that felt that was was that a defining moment of like oh we're on the this yes. is a direct this is a proper direction yes it very much so was I okay. um and I was still doing one-off singing gigs and different engagements of that sort. Um, yeah. And and even had a manager at the time that was like, no, we're going to get you back in the studio. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to this audition <laughs> over here. And <laughs> he's oh, kind yeah. of s- slowly segued in. Cause, because I had... I didn't know who I was as an artist or as a person, but I knew I could put on a character and yeah. I could live in that person's shoes for a minute. And that just felt right. Yeah. It does. It, it does. does. It's great. I happen to agree. It's, uh, and it was so fun. Which <laughs> yeah. is, it, it, I had not had fun in a minute. And that, I remember yeah. that. That was, and that's a big, you know, epitaph of my life is like fun. I want to have fun. Life is too freaking short to not. Because yeah. why are, you know, I get it. Life's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but yeah. I would like a few every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> How, yeah. Have you gotten better at scheduling joy? Like scheduling time yes. for? Yes. I've had to, because it is easy to, because I am a workaholic, I know this about myself, I am a yeah. very driven human being, um, I now have to remind myself, it is okay that on Saturday and Sunday, I don't do anything. Yeah. And we go, my husband and I go on a hike, or we yeah. go fishing, or we just go wander around wherever we are. If we're in New York City, what are we going to get into today? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll it just doesn't it matter. Out. Yeah, yeah, because that's, th- that's life. Yeah, well, it's yeah. finding that balance. Yes. Because if you can't bring yourself to what you're doing, what exactly. are you doing? What are you doing? Exactly. So what was this journey then into into hairspray? Was this pretty They were pretty back to back. Um so I did West Side Story, which thank God went okay. <laughs> 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 the only the one and only time Diana DeGarmo will ever be singing a soprano part ever um i remember doing it my mother was like i'm just so proud and i said i'm never doing that again that was uh, the only part that nearly killed me but uh got done with that and the uh, the the phone started to ring which was great they were like okay she's clearly interested in something that had come that had come up a year prior but i was very lucky that i was in enough of a spotlight mm. that people were will- wanting to talk to me mm-hmm. and i ended up actually going in and auditioning for the brooklyn national tour mm. that was not going to happen for another six months right. so i went in and i did that audition and they're like great it'll be the summer of 2006 and this was the you know fall of 2005. Huh. i'm like oh okay cool and two weeks later, I went into another audition for this little Broadway show called Hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it ended up, actually, I was supposed to be auditioning for the film and oh. went in for the team for what I thought was the film audition, but it was the same creative team. Right. And they called a couple days later and said, oh, or actually it was that day. They were like, by the way, uh, do you want to be on Broadway? And I was like, what? <laughs> huh? Is this how this happens? Like they just call you and ask you if you want. She was like, "Yeah, nice kinda, and easy, right?" Yeah, but great. It was another one of those auditions that I yeah. thought I had to completely ruin because I it was the uh, the taxi strike uh-huh. and I didn't know in New York City and I had never been on the subway before, so I walked like thirty blocks oh, to geez. my audition. I was late. I was oh, sweaty. I got there. I'm like, "Hi, I'm here to audition," <laughs> and I didn't realize. But at the time, there were all these Broadway stars. In the room, I didn't know who yeah. anyone was, and I'm like schlepping in all of my pink luggage because I was that girl, <laughs> and going for my audition, yeah. thinking I just ruined it. And I had never seen, I had, I had seen the show. I take that back. I had seen the show, but I had never gone in for a Broadway audition, so I wasn't sure if I was supposed to do something different yeah. or what. And and I couldn't remember how the show went, so I just figured, well, I'm just gonna wing it and see what happens, and. 48 hours later, I had a contract, and I think about it was about two months later, I I joined the show. Wow, it's wild. That is no, it's a wild story. <laughs> it's just it's fun. It's fun when life happens 
you know, for you. I guess it's always happening for you. It is, yeah. Depending on what it is, we say it's happening to us, but... Yeah, and, and I think at the time, if I, you know, looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. and Yeah. Uh, but I think I was asking for a change and the universe or God or whoever yeah. said, okay, this is what you need. And I was able to take this turn uh, into this wonderful community and... I know being a reality person coming into the Broadway world, you know, I didn't go to school for this. Mm. I, um, I, I, I didn't grind my teeth up through regional theater like mm. a lot of, of my, my friends have and, and different ways. Yeah. So come my, my first few weeks with the show were really not so great. The cast was a little weird with me because, of course, they're all these hardworking Broadway you know and this heroes. is a high art form and who is it, this for <laughs> it is you know and they're in this megawatt hit show right, right, right um they're like who's this girl just strolling up in here you know this 18 year old thing and she yeah. can come in and do this job and i just kind of had to prove myself and luckily people in the end i think for the most part were, were pleasantly surprised what did that teach you about human communication um i, I think i I well, what learned, did you learn, I guess, yeah. But it, as again, it also reflected back to my idol audition. It was like, let my work speak for itself. Hmm. I don't need to prove to you that I'm worthy of being here. I know I'm worthy of being here, and my work will prove itself. And I think that's just kind of what I guess I've, I've done throughout most of my career. It's like, okay, yeah. I, okay I know what I can do. Yeah. And you do what you do, I do what I do, and let me just do what I can do at my best. Yeah. And if that's... That should be enough. Yeah. And if it's not, then something else will happen. It's fine. It's like, it's yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, that's so true. It's so true. What, so what did, and this is jumping back a little bit. What did your, what did your mother teach you about kindness? Oh, well, she was always big about you teach, ev you treat everyone the way you want to be treated, no mm -hmm. matter who it is. Um, and if I was ever a jerk or a turd to someone, I, rem I mean, she definitely let me know it. Like, <laughs> that was not, you know, yeah. and, and she was great about as a kid, we, we spent Christmases feeding the homeless. We volunteered a lot. You know, we weren't necessarily religious growing up, but we were involved with the church that did lots of outreach and things like that. And mm -hmm. I think just being around people from different walks of life, my, you know, my, my dad's side of the family is very Southern. My mother's side of the family is Northern Californian, two very opposite types of yeah. people. <laughs> and, yeah. and just, you know, growing up in a diverse life, yeah. uh, even in the South, I think just helps kind of teach you that without you even knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. And having empathy for other humans who have completely different thoughts, yes. thought processes. Um, like, so have, did, was that mind, I mean, that must've been mind opening for you going from, you know, the South to like LA or even visiting family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are there like any, is, are there any thoughts that come to mind in terms of like things you learned or anything? Um, <laughs> Oh, golly. Um, where to begin? <laughs> where to begin. Um, what I loved about New York was that even if people are abrasive on the outside, they're gooey on the inside. Mm. Because the well city said. is so yeah. hard, you have to put, have a shell in order to just survive. And I, I get that. Yeah. But on the inside, we're all still human. And if you see that the human gooey center, um, all will be fine. Yeah. Uh, might be the opposite. Uh, they, I, I had a hard time with LA. I still have a hard time with LA. Um, it's I, like an onion. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I. I. You know, it's it's beautiful, and I just find so many people get suck, sucked into the quote unquote industry of yeah. it all, and what can you do for me? Not who are you? Hi, my name is such and such. They they don't want to connect yeah. on a human. But it's because they're trying to survive. So I've I've learned mm. I, I've discovered that that's why they they put up this whole front of, you know, who eat I'll eat you before you eat me kind of mentality um, to protect myself. Yes, yeah. and it's exhausting, and that's why I don't live there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, we go back and we visit, and we we have family there, and and I, I'm fine there for for a little while. But after a minute, it's like there's just so much here dog eat dog but not even at the mm. like even in new york it might be dog eat dog but it's but you can still share your bowl 
They're yeah. still going to go, okay, if you really need to eat, come on, you know, come on, pizza rat. Here's a piece of pizza. Or, it's like there's always a, still yeah. a grain of humanity in New Yorkers and yeah. that no matter how hard or crappy life is, they always have LA. They're, they're, you know, they're working on it. It's a little different. A little different. Yeah. Um, well, coming from such a, I mean, just the South in general is so hospitable. Yes. So open. Yes. I mean, oh, I've been smiles and hellos made fun on the street. of my whole career for <laughs> why are you so nice to people and why why do you say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am? I mean, even on Idol, they verbally made fun of me every week of because I say yes, Mr. Simon, or no, Mr. Simon, <laughs> or yes, sir, no, sir, and and that yeah. was another thing I didn't even realize was becoming a characteristic of my portrayal on yeah. the show. Was they're like, look at her, so southern. I was like. Well, that's just my mother taught me. You say yes, sir, no, sir, huh. please, thank you. And if I didn't, I got a thump to the back of the head, you know. <laughs> like, so you're like, I'm gonna. And and then I learned like, but that's how people want to be treated. Even if we, mm. you know, if some folks do make fun of that, that level of respect for another human is what we always have to hold on to. Mm. And I think a lot of the world sometimes forgets that. Often. Mm-hmm. So it's good to remind them. On this show. Um, Hello, mutual respect goes far. <laughs> it does. It really does. Um, when you lose focus, how do you get back on track? Oh, um, there is a reason we live in Nashville. Uh, we don't... <laughs> and there's the answer. <laughs> yeah, we do. I, I love what I do. Yeah. I love traveling. I love being on stage. I love entertaining people. But I... That is my touchstone to reality. Because mm. when you go back to the rest of the world, wherever that might be, they don't care about any of that. They don't care. Like Mother Nature doesn't care how much your show cost or how much, how mm. hard you worked on that character. It's like, oh, mm. wait, none of, none of that matters. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, so that's kind of how I just have to go home and kind of recalibrate sometimes or, and refill my cup. Yeah. of sorts and and just remember what's important and to me that's my family and yeah. our happiness and if something is clearly affecting one of those then I need to make a change um but at the same time we always have to remain my husband and I both are true to this about being true to ourselves and what yeah. what is going to make us happy and we're, we're very lucky, uh, very, very lucky that most of the time we're on the same page. But, you know, not always. It happens. Yeah. We're humans. Have you gotten better at saying no to things? Yes, I have. It It's always hard because I, I have been the person asking as mm-hmm. well to mm-hmm. like for people to do things. And um, yes, it, it, it's always hard for me. I'm And I'm such a people pleaser. I'm a number two on the Enneagram if anyone is into that. <laughs> Um, I'm the helper. I am totally a helper most of the time to my own detriment, but, uh, yes, no has been, has been a powerful answer. Yeah. And, uh, and just learning to that and having faith, whatever that faith may be, Mm -hmm. and that the right thing will come at the right time. Are you checking boxes? You know, when you, when you're presented with an opportunity, does it fulfill a little bit, yes and no. I mean, there have to be. I guess the basics would be, um, financially, is it worth me to go there and come back? If mm-hmm. it, if I'm losing money going to a venture, what, what am I gaining in that, in in replace of that? So it's, it's a like good it's, question. You know, <laughs> it's it's, it's it is a balance of art, art and commerce, but it's yeah. like okay, well, if I'm going to go out into the middle of the woods and do a show or whatever for X amount of weeks. And on, in and basically come home negative X amount of money. Yeah. What am I gaining? Am I going to be getting a chance to to challenge myself? Am I going to get to work with really cool people? What? So you just figure out what's the balance. And mm. and I think anyone has to realize what are you willing to give or take yeah. on any circumstance. And particularly, we're lucky in our industry. We get the chance to usually to weigh those options yeah. um, with with each contract as it comes. Um, and sometimes you have to, you know, go, oh, okay, well, that didn't quite balance out how I liked, you know. Yeah. And that's just life because it's never going to be perfect. No scenario is going to ever be 100% perfect because life isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. So you just have to, you know, kind of give and take, choose your battles and yeah. and, and go with go with your gut. 
Yeah, I it would be I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Gemini, <laughs> and we have to we got to we got to touch on this. I watching you and Ace perform was just it was I want to say theatrical because there was a story. You know, it wasn't just you know I'm up here. These are my feelings. You know, I'm going to share. It was very. Not even very choreographed because it was so just some of the stuff that was happening on stage with the, the shoe or the champagne or like just all Life that stuff. Life was happening on stage. That's but the way sure. you roll with the punches is like, I mean, it was like it's a master class for any performer, you know, to like just be, I mean, you were just you were present. You were just present. And I think that's what we had to do. Yeah, I mean, you rehearsed, <laughs> right? I mean, we did, uh, but yes, being present, I think, in life is is something we always take for granted. Yes. Being present in life is something we take for granted. And always. you have to, I mean, it, yeah. And life had thrown quite a few curveballs leading up to that performance on the 5th. But all of that hard work, not, again, life is never 100% perfect. So no matter how much you strive or try to imagine what or have these expectations for what it should be, it's never going to have that. Nothing will ever have that. Yeah. Life, that is not life. Yeah. Um, I think the sooner we can throw expectations away, the more happier a lot of us will be. Amen. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, you know, it's that line of expect the unexpected, all that woo-woo yeah. mm-hmm. stuff. It, but that though, they have little bits of truth. And, yeah. and um and even the day that we got up to the show, you know, thirteen piece band, we wrote all the my my co writer Dylan Glatthorn is also my music director, so he had not only written everything, but he had arranged everything for every part of the show. Yeah. Um, we were just having all these little things that were wild and wacky, and but we were prepared. And I said, we're just gonna have fun. And I told the band that again. Fun, yeah. my epitaph. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I said, if we're not having fun, or if you for some reason are stressed about something, please tell me mm. and let's figure it out. Because if you're not having fun, I'm not having fun, and I sure as heck our audience isn't going to have fun. They'll smell it. <laughs> they will. It. They yeah. can. They they, yeah. they can, like it's like they can sense fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just rolled with it. And and who I my whole life, who would have expected like my shoe was going to break. My in-ears kept falling out. The champagne like shot across the room. (laughs) You just went with it. I mean, part of it was a complete blur, but it was a really fun night. Yeah. Are you proud of that? I am. I want to do it again so I can maybe, um, just do it again. Cause I had so much fun. And I want to say I, I, it was such a blur because so much was happening and, and life was so wild leading up to that. We lost our dog like yeah. a week before. And so I, my brain was kind of in this weird fog of, okay, I'm here. I'm doing what, what I've dreamed of doing. I've spent all this money to be here. I'm paying like every single person because it's self-produced in every way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to do it again because we got such a great response and we had such a good time. And now we just got to line it up. Yeah. 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 What were there were there things you learned along the way with creating that album? I mean, there were, but any standout lessons on uh, preparation or work ethic or anything that comes to mind in reference to the album? Oh, okay. In preparation, um, patience. It'll be right when it's right. We okay. live in a day and an age where everything is created immediately. We show mm. on social media, our lives immediately happen. Everything, yeah. People, you know, can text you and be like, hey, I saw you went to the grocery store today. You're like, oh, well, you put it on your Insta story. So pe- right. there is this, always this um, constant need or um, delivery of information. Mm. And so while creating it, I, of course, felt that energy of, oh, it's not ready, it's not done in time. Ah. Mm. And Ace, my husband, was a wonderful coach and he also produced the record yes. which that was a big old set of reins that i thank god i didn't have to do because i he controlled me or well, not controlled but he yeah. oversaw me yeah. and the band and the, every and the sound and everything and putting out fires literally <laughs> and, and then creating those that needed to be yeah and, <laughs> um, he was great about it'll be ready when it's ready don't yeah. try to put the cart before the horse. Don't mm. just because somebody else, you think somebody else needs to hear it. Now the timeline will happen when it's meant to happen. And that can be hard to, yeah. to stop yourself and go, no, is it ready or is it not? And yeah. the record actually, we did a, a, a round one technically, uh, right after I 
that was actually let me 2016 i was doing um the marvelous wonderettes here in town so when i got the idea for the record started writing with my co-writer in the middle of that i got offered an incredible opportunity to go to asia and do jekyll and hyde in korea awesome opportunity but it was leaving in like a month i was like oh crud okay well, I want to do this record, but we were only six songs in. Mm. Well, they, um, the Korean company I was working for, said, well, we really want you to have a, a record to sell. They were all big about the whole pop star thing. And yeah. uh, I said, uh, yeah, I, uh, I got a new record. Um, yeah, we're going to make this record. So in a month, flew to Nashville. We recorded the first six songs, slapped them together. I went left for Korea. Ace is back in Nashville with our mixer and communicating with Dylan and figuring out those final mixes while then coming to Korea for my opening oh, of the show. My Lord. Yes. And, he, you know, and it didn't quite come out the way we wanted it, but we were on a time crunch and the, the show was like, well, we need these CDs. We want you to sell them. Mm. And at the time I was like, well, maybe we should do a, an international release. And, blah, blah, blah. and Ace was like, let's just, uh, let's sell these records on this tour and let's revisit this when we get back. So all the CDs sold on the tour. It was just a, a few hundred copies, nothing nothing big or major. And when we came back, I was all gung-ho, like, okay, on my birthday, we came. I came home like two days after my birthday. And he was like, okay, we're going to do a release. We're going to do it. And he was just like, eh, let's just uh, let's <laughs> sit down. Let's listen to it. And I decided, I said, you know what? I actually think I want to do more songs. So I went back up to New York rewrote i wrote ended up writing eight more songs in just a couple days with Mm. dylan then we decided to do a full album and long story short several years later finally in 2019 the whole record was released and i look back now and thinking oh god if i had released that record (laughs) it wasn't ready but in my mind i was so eager to please someone i didn't even know who it was but i just felt like i was behind the ball on something and Mm. and ace was the voice of reason going let's make it right Mm. and when it's right it'll be timeless and then it won't matter Mm. if you release it now or if you release it in 20 years it It, is definitely timeless well thank you thank you and we worked just really hard on trying to make it authentic and, yeah. and make it feel real. I know those words are used know, so much that they don't sound authentic, but yeah, it's yeah. like you have to see it to believe it, you, you know, do. to see you to believe what you're saying oh, is it. Cause you are, you. I mean, you're simply yourself. Thanks. And that's what I love about like chatting <laughs> with you or even ACE. It's like, you guys are so you that without trying to be a type, you've become one. So then people are like, get me a Diana DeGarmo, get me an ACE young, oh, but you guys, but you guys are so centered. Thank you. Which is difficult in this industry and in this limelight. I don't know what's called lime, but in the limelight, you know. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if, and as we've, we're going to be wrapping up here, advice that you would give to a performer or someone in entertainment who, in, a, in, a, in the line of maintaining a sense of self and being true to yourself. I if, think it is good to have a tribe of people in your life. Life is impossible to manage by yourself. Mm. We are, um, we're tribe creatures. We, I, I've been reading a book called The Sapiens and it's like, I'm like, yes, I'm so into it. It's like so weird and woo woo, but it's great. Uh, but we, we need people around us to survive, especially in an industry or a city like New York. You know, you can't come up here and just expect, well, I'm an island. I'm going to conquer. All. No, it takes a village to live, let alone to survive. Mm. Um, and I think the more diverse and wild and wacky your tribe is, mm. the better. I feel like we've been really lucky over the past few years that no, not only is our family, our, our, our biological family, all from different walks of life. They all do different things. They all have different beliefs. We're not in one, we don't find ourselves centered in one group of, of mentality, but our friends that are, are our chosen family are equally as diverse. And I think mm. as a person and as an actor, that gives me so much more perspective. So when I go into a show, I can go, you know, my friend that does this for a living in East Tennessee that has never been to New York in their life. That's how they, they would have handled the situation. So me as an actor, I have an entirely organic, yeah. again, another word that's been abused. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> abused, like, that's, uh, the, that's the term, yes. 
point of view, yes. but that's somebody I love and I care about. So I, I think it's important to find your tribe, find your people that mm. you know have your back as much as you have theirs. And they don't all have to be performers. It, um, a good portion of them might be, and that's cool and great. Yeah. But I think having that is really important. Yeah. In life, and you might have just answered this question, what's most important to you? Um, I would say that man right there, Mr. Ace Young, my, my, my better half, he, he is the most important and, um, that's my teammate and that is my, my, um, ride or die. And so whatever it takes to just make sure we're healthy and happy is what I'll do. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. For chatting with me today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, last one. Um, metaphorically speaking, I know we've had so many phrases and themes <laughs> this uh, conversation, but metaphorically speaking, a word or a phrase that you'd put on a billboard for millions of people to see. Oh, I'm going to have to think about this. Give me a second. That's fine. Because it's hard because I'm like, do I want to be funny or do I want to be serious? Because that's the Gemini in me. I could be either one. <laughs> I mean, it can... <laughs> It could be a digital billboard. It could change. A digital billboard, yes. Yeah, that, that would definitely be what my mind would be. <laughs> um, okay, let me think, let me think. Life isn't that serious. Life is not that serious. Isn't that serious. Or, I love that. I love that. We, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect or to attain some goal. It's, it's like, you know what? Guess what? We're all going to die one day. None of us are getting out and alive. None of us. Are, <laughs> we're not taking any of this with us. Yeah. The only things we are taking with us are what we've learned and what the experiences and the memories and legacies we imprint upon other people. So have so, fun. Yeah, so have fun. Don't be so serious. That sounds like the Joker. Yeah. No, <laughs> Maybe that's no, why sorry. I like it. Don't be so serious. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, but you've had such a balance of it, you know, because it's it, it it's infectious when I watch you perform. You know, the oh. love you guys have is infectious. I mean, like the you could feel it that night when you guys did the duet. I was like, it's in, it's just infectious because it's so sacred and you take it so seriously, but you don't. But you have fun, you yes. know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm not articulating that well. But I really like life. Is not that serious. It isn't that serious. I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? Did we kind of? No, thank you for having around? me. Thank you for taking this time. Of course. I know it's like time is non-refundable. And I think I said a taste too. So thank you for sharing this time with me and these listeners. I know, I know someone's going to learn something. Well, we're happy to be here for sure. From this conversation. So thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Diana DeGarmo. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. Listening.